You're listening to Joe List's Mindful Metal Jacket on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tuesdays with... Oh, shit. Wrong pod. Welcome to Mindful Metal Jacket Podcast. I'm Joe List, and here with me always is nobody. It's me, Joe List. I'm sitting on my couch, and I just finished watching the Democratic Debate as well as the Boston Bruins game. I watched my hockey team play simultaneously while watching a political presidential debate. And I could not be more anxious. I'm also on, oh, about two hours sleep. Flew home from uh, Arizona today. Pretty exhausted, but um, recording a little intro to send off to Riot Cast Network, home of the show. And uh, thank you for listening on this uh, lovely Thursday afternoon, or whenever you're listening. I mean, you might be listening in the year 2037. You know what I mean? Who knows? I mean, hopefully there's still, uh, you know, civilization and planets, and I'm still around, haven't died of Joe List's disease, which is always my big fear. Um... Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening to the show. So many great reviews on uh, iTunes and hopefully other places that podcasts get reviewed. Um, Keep doing that. If you're listening and you use the um, podcast app on iTunes or I, I don't even know what it is, the Apple iPod podcast thing. I'm a fucking idiot, but the thing that's on my phone that I can actually read, um, or the Laughable app. Go listen on the Laughable app. God bless the Laughable app. That's a great place to listen to podcasts. But anyways, if you're listening to in a place where you can leave reviews, go leave a nice review because I read them and they mean a lot to me and it helps the show. And tell a friend to listen to the show. I'm sure you have a friend that's a psychopath, someone with anxiety, depression, or all three. And uh, go tell them to listen to the show. That's always the best thing you can do for a podcast is to tell somebody else to listen to it. Leave a nice review. And um, shoot me a nice tweet, a nice email. If somebody have come in, I appreciate all of them. I'm trying to respond to them. It, it's uh, extremely touching. I appreciate it. I'm a sensitive boy, so it's nice to hear nice things. And I like to feel like I'm being of service to somebody. And uh, hopefully it's an enjoyable podcast. Today, I think you're going to enjoy it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, this one was recorded about three years ago. I have no idea when we recorded it. I think it was November, maybe. My friend Andy Henriksen is on the show today. Dear friend of mine, this was uh, the first and so far only show that I've recorded in Los Angeles. And um, it was one of the first few that I recorded. I was out in LA. Uh, Mark and I had just co-headlined and done a live podcast in Santa Ana, New Mexico. I shot over to LA and uh, my friend Andy Henriksen came over to my hotel in Sherman Oaks in the Valley. And uh, we sat in my tiny hotel room, and it was late at night. It was a late Sunday night, so we're a little subdued, but uh, we had a nice talk. Uh, we talk a lot of stuff. Andy's dad is a um, uh, Navy SEAL, and so is his brother. Um, spoiler alert. And uh, we talk about our journeys into doing Letterman and our, pa- not paranoia, what's the other thing? Hypochondria and anxiety manifesting itself physically, which we both have a lot of. So we kind of bond over that. And um, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy being with Andy Hendrickson. He's making a film right now about um, triathlons, which um, 
I sent some money to. I'm proud to be part of it. You can too. I should know the name of the website. I should plug it right here, but I'm sure he plugs it on there. But uh, you can check out Andy. He's been uh, on late night television a couple times. I think he has an album out there. And uh, he's just a good guy. Great guy. I love him. He was at my wedding. We have a nice talk. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, hey, if you're interested in seeing me live, I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan, one of my favorite clubs this weekend, if you're listening to it currently. And um, next week, Monday, this upcoming Monday, I am recording my new album at The Village Underground, ComedyCellar.com for tickets. It's at The Village Underground, two shows, eight and ten. And uh, you can be there. You can be part of my comedy history. And if you yourself lives in Los Angeles, I will be at the Belly Room at the Comedy Store March 16th. Very likely Andy Hendrickson will be there. So you can see him there. Comics Roadhouse March 12th through the 14th. And a big one, a fun one. And again, doing service. I try to be of service. You can be of service. Here's a fun way to be of service. You can come to my show on May 9th in Quincy, Massachusetts. It's for the Holbrook Fire Department. Uh, these fire departments, um, they're under budget often. I've done this show every year for about 10 years. This might be the 10th or 11th year. Uh, my uncle's a Holbrook fire to firefighter, Holbrook, Massachusetts. And uh, we're doing a, a bigger show than we normally do this year. I think it's at the Quincy Marriott. I'm not sure. But there's a link up. I'll tweet out a link or message me if you want a link. You can get tickets in advance. It's always a fun show. So that's going to be May 9th. And uh, I got a bunch of good dates coming up. ComedianJoeList.com, Salt Lake City, May 22nd and 23rd. Anyways, enough of all that nonsense. Let's give you a nice quote. Let's get a little love, a little fun. Make sure to be nice to yourself. Here's a quote that's I'm not even, wasn't even going to be the quote, but it's in my head all the time. Be as nice to yourself as you would be to somebody else. You know what I mean? You never call someone else a piece of shit for uh, eating too much. You know what I mean? Be as nice to yourself as you would be to somebody else. And here's my, my bread and butter, Thich Nhat Hanh. You know I love him. We have to walk in a way that we only print peace and serenity on the earth. Walk as if you are kissing the earth with your feet. I love that one. I just hiked Camelback Mountain this week, and I kept that in my head like I'm massaging earth's back. So thank you, Thich Nhat Hanh. As a foot fetishist, I really appreciate that quote. I like to lick a toe, suck on a heel, stick it in my butt. Here's Andy Hendrickson. Thanks for listening. I love you. All right, pretend we were talking already. All right, we are talking already. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Well, I already did an intro, so I don't know why I'm saying this. Oh, you did an intro? Well, I'll do an intro oh, in post. record an intro. After we record it, a post I'll do a thing. Intro of a so they've already heard, I've already said, Andy Hendrickson's on this week. We're good buddies. He's in my hotel room. Yeah. We fucked in the ass. And, uh, Wait. They heard everything. Ah. All right. So you're here. We're here. So uh, this is the first West Coast recording of the podcast. Oh, it is? Yeah. We're in the Valley right now. And this is episode number... I don't know yet, because none of them... Right? As, as the, at the time of us talking... No episodes have been released. Right. I'm canning a bunch of them. Yeah. So this is about the ninth that I've recorded. How many are you going to can before you? I don't know. 20? My plan is to release like four on the first day so you can kind of binge and then they'll come out weekly. Right. 
So, uh, so but this won't be really popular now. You got to build an audience. So really, I'm a guinea pig guest. And then when it gets popular 100 episodes in, then you have to have me back on. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have more awful things in our life to talk about. Well, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I think I have some fans now. I'm hoping to have a built-in audience oh, right away. I got, a, I got a big podcast called Tuesdays with Stories, and uh, I'll go on Bennington and all those things, you know what, dude, and all that shit. And so hopefully, uh, so you're looking at the negative already. Yeah. This is what I want to talk about, because <laughs> you you're a negative guy. No, I'm not a negative. Not that you're a negative guy, but you're, uh, what, are you, what are you? What are you? What are you? Uh, an anxious guy? You're stressed? You're nervous? I'm an... Because I feel like we have I, a lot of the same I'm analytical. I analyze everything. Yes. I break it down too much. Right. Do you want to know? Well, don't, here's an example. Don't start talking about climate change. I'm going to shit my pants. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I have talked about climate change with other people. The same, Some of the same stuff I talked about with you and uh, Ryan Dalton. I ran into him. We went, had something to eat real quick. And then I... I was talking about climate change. I didn't think anything about it. And I posted something on Instagram a little bit later. And he was like, he commented, I hope he didn't bum you out about climate change on someone's comment. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I really made an impact. Well, it gets, you know what makes an impact? Climate change. Wait, what was the, what was the stat you were going to give me? The analyzation that you were going to give me? And I brought up climate change. You started to say. Oh, I just say I overanalyze everything. I think of all the, I calculate all the different. For example, I just did a corporate gig in Las Vegas this uh, weekend, and I, w I was working with a new guy that booked it and was going to be in a warehouse of this office supply company. I was like, already in my head, I was like breaking down. I would just picture myself standing on a crate with a bunch of like blue collar workers pumping a keg going what the hell is this guy doing here yeah well, how i was got it, there though? and it was great well that's the thing with most things don't you think most things in life we go through everything negative and bad right and then it ends up being not bad and this is an yeah. exercise i've been doing okay and this happened this weekend too because i was in new mexico and sarah came along to meet up with her friend Right. And she was really stressed because she's like flying all the way there just to, on a vacation, basically, for like a day and a half. Right. And spending all this money. And she was like, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have committed to this thing. God, I hope her friend's not offended by this. But just like the money and the time. Right. And in the and I was like, God, I get it. It sucks because we flew. We woke up at 5 a.m. and we flew to Atlanta and laid over and then flew all the way across the country just for a day and a half. And I was like, but think about this. In the middle of the hang, when you're out in the desert in the mountains... You're 100% going to be like, well, that was worth it. I don't know yes. why I was all. And yes. most things are like that. So it's an exercise I'm trying to do. Like even today, my, I, I was flying to L.A. from New Mexico. I'm like, Sarah's going home. I should be going home and relaxing. I'm like, why am I going yeah. to L.A. to record podcasts? Right. And, and then you then go like, and it's fun. And then you leave and you're like, that was great. That was totally worth it. Yes. Most things are like, that was painless. I've definitely gotten better about that. I, I, I did analyze all this stuff, but then at some point in my head, I was like, screw it. It's going to be what it is. Just go and try and make the best of it. You know, I was in Vegas. I'm like, well, and Linda, my wife, you know, I got married. Yes, I know. Uh, came with me. And um, so I'm like, we're going to have fun regardless. And, you know. And so I've gotten better about that. Why? What? It's the voice in your head that always tells you 
predicts the worst possible outcomes. Which is nature. That's what that's your brain's job, right? I mean, that's the function of the brain right. is to problem solve and to be like, all right, let's come up with everything, which I think is like evolutionary. Right. From uh, being hunt hunters a million years ago or 300,000, however long we've been here, is that thing of like, hey, it's dangerous out there. Why don't we stay in the hut here? Because right. there's bears and tigers and lions, oh my, is out there. Yeah. So let's just sit here, which I think is what, when you're about to leave every day to go to work or to a show or to a hang, there's a little party that's like, ah, let's not yes. go. What if I just cancel? Right. I think that- I feel better at home. I know it's safe here. I'm yeah. I think awesome. that comes from caveman era of like, Probably. oh, my uncle Bill got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger last Wednesday. Maybe I should just watch TV. Well, then there's people like my dad- who's 83, and ever since I've known the guy, he's com- completely comfortable and unaffected in every situation. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, so your dad, tell people about your dad a little bit, because that's fascinating. Right. Fascinating well, guy. So he was Navy, Navy SEAL, and you know he was in the, the very first Ironman triathlon. Those are like his big credits. Right, which you have a documentary about, yes? Yes, I'm working on that. It's, yes. It might be out talking about anxiety. Out. Holy shit! Yeah, you're now making, making a, a film. Yes, uh, absurd amount of anxiety. I imagine absurd. I know a couple people that have made films, and it seems outrageously stressful. And I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> I've learned. I have an. I have a. I have a. a an outline. I, you know, I. I have a great project in mind, and I've. I've navigated all of it, but learning all that and. Uh, I don't want to go into too many details about that, but th- let's just say, like, I got a call from the Iron Man Corporation. It's like a almost a billion dollar corporation. They're like, "Hey, who are you guys, and what is this, and you know, <laughs> the name you're using?" And I'm like, <gasps> "And you had to change the name of the film, right?" Yeah, just in case, just in case. That's so. Uh, just in case, somehow, I don't want it to upset them, and we might want, you know, they might. We might collaborate with them in the future. I don't know. But I can't go into too many details about okay, that. But, that's fair. But just but, saying, trying to do something like making a movie, trying to reach out to everybody and organize the flights and to raise the money and to deal with the legal issues and starting an LLC and uh, doing the taxes. Give me anxiety just hearing about it. Organizing the footage and, and all of it is low budget. So you're not paying people to do this. You have to kind of like you know, ask people for help. And it's, it was, last year was crazy. And on on top of that, I was full-time comedian on the road a lot. So it was, it was insane. Insane. I sent sent money. I'm a producer. Yes. Or a contributor. I mean, sleep, like nights where I just couldn't sleep because I had so much going on in my mind. I couldn't, could not sleep. I yeah. did use some meditation apps though to help me through that. Now, what do you? It's, it's, this is hard because I, I don't get to see you that much, and so yeah. uh, there's so many things I want to talk about. Okay. So your dad is your dad's a triathlete. Yeah. Now, do you feel like stress? Do you think that adds anxiety that your dad is a Navy SEAL and your brother's a Navy SEAL? Navy SEAL, two-star admiral. Yeah, he's like one of the highest yeah. guys in the United States military. Yeah. And does this add stress or anxiety or I don't insecurity? Think I never thought it did, but someone pointed out to me that there's some there's something in that that uh maybe motivates me or it gives me some kind of like 
complex where I feel like I have to prove something. Yeah, I imagine so. Because just there's probably maybe it's subconscious. I'm not a therapist, although I try to be one. I yeah. I, I play one on podcasts. Yeah, I mean there must be something because your f- brother followed in your father's footsteps and yeah. has become so uh, decorated. Yes, that the, you think there's a deep party that's like no matter how many late nights I do, which you've done several, right? Just multiple, a multiple, and including Letterman. Yes, uh, that was that, so that was an interesting one. Yeah making Letterman happen was a very stressful time. Right? Yeah. Same for me. It'll take, take, take us through it. Well, so I don't know that, that was, remember I had those crazy health problems. I got treated for Lyme disease and stuff. And yeah, you kind of lived like my worst nightmare as a neurotic guy and a hypochondriac where you had like an unidentified illness. I had for a long time. Yes, exactly. And I went to my one doctor and he's like, you're fine. I can't find anything wrong with it. You're fine. Uh, which incidentally is a doctor that uh, Johnny Fish used and like misdiagnosed, I think him or, or Shaggy or someone said they you might have AIDS or something. It was something crazy like that. It was totally. A- <laughs> oh, I think I remember that story. But that's the thing with these doctors. You don't realize it's like, and this is another thing that gives you anxiety. These doctors are wrong a lot. They don't yeah. know what the fuck they're talking about. The, navigating an illness is especially a mysterious illness is horrifying. So the, my, at my point when things were at the very worst for me, I had such, uh, it was almost like, I'd almost like call it dementia or something where at one time I got on the train leaving Queens to go down to the cellar. I think it was the cellar to do a spot. I'm pretty sure it was the cellar. And then I just ended up in the Upper West Side for no reason. And I was like, how did I get here? What was I doing? Like that crazy. Like That oh. sounds like severe anxiety to me, though. It could like, have been. Don't you think a lot of it, like where you're just comp- so much in your head that you're on weird auto- autopilot just going the wrong direction? I mean, well, that feels like what anxiety is a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, they tested me for Lyme disease and the doctors, like, it was more like a clinical diagnosis. They did some blood tests that said I'd been exposed to Lyme, or whatever. But I, I ended up getting intravenous antibiotics and I felt my head cleared up within like two, three days immediately. So wow. something to that, or it was incredible, crazy anxiety. So just before, so my brother had his bachelor party before I found out that I, got the show. It was a year of me obsessing with like sending the tape and retaping until I got everything perfect and then sending another tape Same and doing here. an audition yeah. and then retaping. And then, uh, I bumped into the producers at, at a, you know, just was just like a year of completely obsessed. I remember Tony Deo told me, he's like, Keith and I were talking, which is Keith. He's like, if Keith we, we, yeah, we, we were saying like, if this didn't work out for you, we were worried about, <laughs> how how you were gonna like if it was gonna break you right yeah because I had I became a, so obsessed with I it. had a similar situation with Letterman where it took a year and then in that time because you did it before me yeah in the time that I was trying to get it he announced his retirement uh, and then everyone was like okay all bets are off he's retiring that became this story and yeah. then they just went radio silent after a year of the same thing sending tapes exchange uh adjusting new tape yeah and then they just weren't responding. And then my manager was like, we got to just move on. And I was like, no, just get them to say no. Right. I want an email from them saying, we changed our mind. You suck. Right. Kill yourself. Yes. And then the next email, we put an ultimatum. And then the next email was the show. Wow. So I finally got through. And I think, I could be wrong. I think I was the last comic to debut on The Late Show. 
Oh, debut, like to be a new. Yeah, like Norm went on, all these old guys started going on. Ah. But I was similar where I was like, fucking fuck. Yeah. So I'll tell you how bad my anxiety got. I flew out to <laughs> Vegas from New York for my brother's bachelor party. And on the plane, I had like a panic attack and thought I couldn't breathe, thought I was going to die. Then I got to Vegas and I'm like, okay, I got to have fun. I always noticed that if I drank, it made everything way worse, way, way worse. Yes. But I was like, um, I'm in Vegas, my brother's bachelor party. I'm going to drink beers. And I was like convinced I had a pain going down my neck, down, going down my arm like a heart God, thing. We're so similar. Uh, so it's Saturday night. We're in this awesome hotel. We got tickets to go see, like, what is that Celine crazy? Celine Dion. Celine Dion. <laughs> no, Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Reservations at a steakhouse. My cousin's there. I'm with my brothers. Like, this is perfect. Awesome. I I never get a break like this. You know, I'm always just working on the road or doing, sp like, this is like a vacation. And I'm so obsessed with, I'm thinking I'm having some kind of heart problem that and my brothers, I think they either finally believed me or they were like, well, the only thing that's going to make you feel better is getting checked out, right? So they're like, go, go to the ER. So Saturday night, I skipped, I missed out on all that. I went God. to the ER in, uh, in Vegas, all these crackheads and druggies, <laughs> and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and they, they test my heart and uh, immediately say, yeah, your heart's okay, but now you got to wait. So I have to wait like six hours. God, I've lived, I've done this, exactly this. To get a bed. Apparently there's some kind of law. I have to get a bed. I have to wait for a bed to open. I get, I get the bed. I'm waiting for like another hour or two. Finally, a doctor comes by. He's like, you know, one doctor was like, we, we want to keep you overnight. I'm like, holy shit, I got a flight tomorrow. And how, what am I going to do? And this other doctor comes in. He's a little more laid back. He's like, I think you're okay. I think you're, I was like, yeah, but I don't know if I can even get on a plane, man. I, I don't know. He gave me some stuff called tramadol. Tramadol? Yeah, which is like some kind of chills you out. Right. right? Super strong. And uh, I took the Tramadol, and I hadn't slept for like 24 hours. I got home to New York. I literally hadn't slept for 24 hours, and I crashed, and I, I slept for like, I finally slept for like 12 or 13 hours, and I woke up, and I had the call from Letterman. Really? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Hey, wow. we're, we're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna put you on next week." Wow. So then instantly, my mind goes to, "Oh shit, I'm actually doing it." Well, I'm now you have a place for your anxiety to go. Yeah. It sounds like, as I have the same thing. Like you just have this anxiety, and your brain is like, "Let's attach to something." Yes. Instead of just this vague, crazy, I'm losing my mind. It's like, okay, heart. Yes. Our heart, our chest pains. Yes. And then as soon as you get something else, it just completely goes away. I've right. had that. It's been a pattern throughout my life, and it's so fucking insane yeah. that I've had brain, my brain hurt. I got some kind of brain cancer, which, by the way, fun fact or... I do have brain cancer. Comforting thing is that your brain... No, A headache is almost never the sign of anything serious, unless it comes from tra uh, trauma. You get kicked in the head. Right. But a headache... Brain cancer, brain tumor is not, it's very rarely a side yeah, effect of a vision? headache. Uh, why, do you have blurry vision? Sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. That could be stress. <laughs> it's probably yeah. stress and anxiety. Check out theanxietycenter.com. I use this website all the time. Really? Because it lists, I love it. It lists like every fucking possible anxiety symptom. So I use it all the time. It goes like face, 
tingling, numbness, yeah. eye twitches, toothache. Yeah. And I just go and find it. I'm like, okay, that's one of those. But even there's ones that aren't on there because anxiety can and stress can cause anything, any sensation anywhere. And it's like your brain is like, it's giving you something to focus on. Right. Oh, my, my knee, my, my knee, something's you. wrong with my knee or something like that. But I've had that same feeling so many times. And it's probably because you had, I feel like there's more pressure when you have something that's supposed to be amazing. Like when I go to a sporting event, I get so anxious because I'm like, I'm supposed to be enjoying this the best. I have great seats to a great game. Oh, really? Concerts, I have it too. I'm in the oh, middle no, of a concert going, I'm losing my mind. That's it's, what happened to you. That's what you just told. That's the story you just told. Oh, I guess that's true. That's exactly what oh, happened. you're right. It you're happen. Vegas, you got the dinner, your friends, and you're like, this is going to be the best night ever. And then you spoil it well, by I having Well, I think in heart. the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to be the best night ever, but what if something's wrong with me? Right, exactly. Yeah. That's how my life, my entire life has taken place. That was something new for me, I think, after I became a comedian. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is comedy is such an outrageously stressful thing. Yeah. There's no uh, job security, and you need everyone to like you, and there's so much competition, right. and you have to come up with new material, and there's, yeah. new, there's so much pressure. Right. Not that every job is not a ton of stress. Yeah. But I don't know. There's the, the sleep schedule, the diet, all that shit. Well, you know, if that all that was anxiety... The dementia on the train and weird stuff that happened to me. I did have a lot of uh, like joint pain and stuff. I I don't know if it was, you know, there's parts of me now I look back, what, did I really have Lyme disease? Or they treated it, I got better? Or was it just something like, and I was still drinking a lot back then too. It could be placebo also. There's like these crazy studies about, placebo effect and the, the, you have the opposite of placebo I might have talked about this in another episode there's like the opposite of placebo effect so there's like you get drugs so you're like okay I have drugs in me I'm feeling I'm, 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 I'm getting yeah. better something's helping me but the opposite is also true like if you're convinced that you're getting better you will feel better but if you're convinced that you're getting worse you will feel worse yeah so that's what I feel like we have a lot of the times is like something's wrong with me and it's just penetrating my entire soul right now yeah and so you start to feel worse i, I sometimes i look back on like was that anxiety i was i was at a point where it was a lot of pressure on my, in my career where i was like i gotta make something happen and things are, i've been doing this too long i need a break maybe it was if it was i spent thousands and thousands of dollars i ended up going to a neurologist he found some weird white spots on my brain and i then i was like holy sh he's like this could be uh, multiple sclerosis. And I'm like, oh, shit. God, that's I had so to get scary. a spinal tap. I got oh, a my God. Spinal tap. And that didn't heal right. Great movie. Spinal tap. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. And so, so I, but now you seem okay. Are you better yeah, now? Are you I'm get... much better. So yeah, when you... I left New York, I think I had too much of that, um, too much of that stress was attached to that city. Right. I think it's a stressful city. I think all the time, I say this all the time. I'm like, I might be living in the wrong place. Yeah. I come here, I just went hiking today, watched the yeah. sunset from the top of the mountains. You live in Santa Monica, like the ocean is right there, which yeah. just heals. Yes. And I don't know. I came out here, I don't feel like I'm, I'm definitely not as pushing as hard as I should anymore on comedy. Like, I still write jokes and get on stage and do the road a lot. But yeah. like when I was in New York, it was like, if I wasn't on stage every night, I felt like I was a fucking loser, you know? Yeah, that's a problem. Out here, there's less stage time, so I'm like, you know what? It's okay to stay home. Yeah, well, also, you get older. Also, you start to understand, like, 
a lot of that is like what other people are doing and putting on you and their right. expectations of themselves. And then you get older and you're like, I don't really need, I understand how to do comedy. Yes. When you're on the road, it's like, I don't need to go home and do a spot at one o'clock in the morning. Right. It's not necessary. I know how to do. Right. There's not as much, there's not, I, I'm, I'm a good comedian now. I don't need, maybe there's a little value in like, I might work out a new joke. Right. But it's, I also remember like, there'd be times where I'd be so burnt out that I couldn't even like th think of new jokes. Like I would go out and do like two spots in one night and I'm like, I didn't even try anything new. I'm like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. That's, it's weird. You're not getting any value. It's similar to working out. Like if you're working out four days a week, yeah, you can skip three days out of the week. You're still working out. Yeah, you you're getting to let your muscles recover. Yeah. Same with let comedy or any other job. Masturbating. Um, so you think a lot of it has to do with the move. The mountains, the ocean. The I th think I also have balance in my life. I got married and I met a you know nice woman, and I have a, a home life now with a dog and a wife. And I, when I, when comedy was my whole identity, right? And so if, if there's a if there was a failure in comedy or something didn't go my way or I didn't feel like I was doing good enough, it 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 was all me. Right. It's I I've don't know if I heard this somewhere or if this is my idea, but the the idea is like you're you know other people have a job, let's say you're selling whatever widgets or you widget? work at a uh, I don't know what widgets do. <laughs> Sounds like a slur. Yeah. <laughs> These fucking widgets are taking our jobs. <laughs> okay, so you it's sell white, widgets. White How about widgets. you sell insurance? That's something. White midgets. <laughs> uh, it's blidgets, widgets, or whatever it is. And, and fidgets. All right, sorry. Yeah, job's going to be a little bit of stress, but um, that's your job. You don't take it personally, but in comedy, you are the product. Right. Comedy feels like it's all of the time because it's your thoughts are the act. Yeah. So you have to come up with the things and then it's you're revealing you. yourself. Yeah. And if you're not doing it, then. Somehow you you take it personally. Yeah, I think now I've just matured. Uh, I got I have a balance, more balance and mm. um, perspective. Perspective, yeah, yeah. I have a way of you know rationalizing things now. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Yeah, Who cares. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's kind of like when I'm we not as about famous as Joe List. I don't have two podcasts. But yeah, that's okay. Well, you can have two podcasts. That's, no, that's not true. hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> successful <laughs> podcast. Um. Well, this one might not be successful That's at the right. time. It doesn't even exist well, right now. now. I'm on it. I'm sure it's going to be but a stink. I think it'll be successful because I think people like to hear this stuff. I think it's uh, helpful to people. Now, you get into like, do you get into meditation and stuff? Because I feel like you're a, you're a big reader and you're open minded and you're thoughtful and you always have uh, ideas. What are you What are you doing Thanks. to uh, to combat it? Because I let me ask you this. Because this is I'm big onto this. This happened to me today. This is happening right now in real time with me. Okay is somebody last night, I've been dealing with this chronic silent reflux for like nine months. Right. And I talked to this guy and he's like, I got to talk to you because I got something that's going to help you so much. And he told me about this Wim Hof breathing. Do you know this guy, Wim Hof? This Dutch guy. Uh, did I go to college with that dude? No, he's a Dutch <laughs> guy that runs marathon. He, he ran, he hiked Kilimanjaro wearing just shorts and Mount Everest really? wearing shorts. And he, he, didn't, he didn't get to summit Mount Everest because he had a foot injury. Right. But he's this guy and he's relatively famous and he has this breathing thing that's basically a meditation type 
it's basically a meditation. Yeah. And it's these like Himalayan monks do a very similar breathing thing. There's yeah. a YouTube. You can do a guided. I did it this morning. You get all pins and needles and shit. It's pretty wild. Really? But he can like, and he, he, he talks about cold showers. You got to do this breathing exercise and cold showers. And this guy I talked to last night, Eddie, who's a comic in Albuquerque, he's like, it's the best thing I've done for my reflux. And there's all this science now that it can help autoimmune problems. Ah, and uh, which is what you were dealing with. Yes. It seems like. So uh, I'm into this guy now and I can't wait for you to get the hell out of here because I'm going to take an ice cold shower. Oh, it's supposed, supposed to relieve stress and help with your skin and help you sleep. And I'm just, that I've suffered for awful. so long that I'm like, let me get in on this, any of this. But the breathing thing helped. And like you get all pins and needles and shit and you kind of feel like a little high, but yeah. you can hold your breath for like minutes. Like this guy can hold his breath for a long time. Right. And it's all about. You just breathing. found out about this. I just found about it this morning. Wow. And uh, so but you've never heard of it. But I'll I'll forward it to you. No, it feels I like mean, something you might be interested in. I, I will say I don't. I haven't meditated in a while. But now I've I've I did a few of the meditation apps, and for a while I was. I would go on like little spurts where I'd do it for a couple months. You know, yeah. Every day or whatever. Yeah, that's what and I've been it doing. Really. Made a huge difference. Now, isn't this so interesting? Because what is it about all of us that everyone that I talk to finds something that really works and then stops doing it? Yeah. What the fuck? I will <laughs> say that it has trained me a little bit to most times I can catch myself now when I see my mind racing and the thoughts kind of getting out of control yes. and I can kind of step away from it and go, wait a second. But still other times it gets a hold of me. And I, you just, I don't realize it's happening. And next yeah. thing I know, my mind's spinning in 10,000 different directions. And I, I have that all the time. That's, and that's mindfulness, that thing of like, oh, I'm just losing my mind, which I had it earlier. And you don't realize it's, it's so uh, deceptive and it's so fucking strong. I'm saying fuck a lot, I feel like. But it's yeah. so deceptive and it's so strong where you're like, no, no, I'm not having an anxiety attack. My ankle hurts or whatever this, it is. This is a like, real thing, yeah. Yeah, like earlier today, also happening today, I've been eating a ton of nuts and my bowel movements have oil in there. Like it looks like someone dumped olive oil. I'll show you the photos after the podcast. And it's called something, stereophobia or stereophonic something. It's funny to see. Here's another funny thing. Yes. You were looking at your bowel movements, right? Always. <laughs> I always do. I like get in there too because I'm like, there's something, there's a speck, it's loose, it's So wild. when I had all those problems with my brain and uh, like a pain in my joints and tingling numb hands and all that that I eventually got diagnosed for a line. At some point I thought I had, cause I'd gone to Afghanistan to do shows and I, I had it in my head that I had a parasite Wow! and that was causing, um, you know, vitamin, like vitamin deficiencies was causing these problems. And so I remember at some point, like looking at my shit mm -hmm. and you know, like every time I would look and be like, is there some kind Dude. of, can I see a parasite or whatever? Oh. And even I remember I was working at Joey's Comedy Club, which is no Livonia, longer yeah. Livonia, and I like took a picture of it, and because I had and I had to I show got, it to like the feature act. I'm like, dude, I did that today. <laughs> I've been sending them out. I was gonna send it to you. I'm like, didn't that look like something? He's like, man, I don't know. That's <laughs> when I I was on stage and I had a I I wouldn't call it a panic attack. I call it an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. Where I started like, I you know I couldn't breathe and I was like. 
in my head, I was like, I can't die. I can't die in, jo in Joey's in Livonia, Michigan. I just can't die on this <laughs> well, stage. Well, a lot of comics have died on that stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously remember going, oh, my God, I think I'm going to die up here. I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. And uh, I've had the same thing. We're, we're, we're brothers in anxiety yeah. attacks. Yeah. And so now that I'm even talking to you, when I look back and talk about it, I realized that maybe it was worse than I'd ever really knew at the time or even now, like even looking back at it right now, I'm like, why was I looking, looking at my shit and thinking I had a parasite and taking pictures of it? Why did I think I was having a heart attack? Yeah. All these things. Oh, it's a parasite I got in Afghanistan. Like just totally irrational. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. No, I have it all the time. And like, it's, what's funny is, this is kind of funny, maybe this could be a bit somehow, but I'll bump into people like yourself or just friends or whoever, and they'll be like, dude, what, what's going on with the eye? And I'm like, what? They're like, your eye, is you okay? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They're like, remember we were hanging out like three months ago and you were freaking out, you thought you had eye cancer? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's now long gone. No, it's my ear now, now it's my ear. <laughs> and I get that all the time, everywhere I go. I'll yeah. go to Cleveland, I haven't been there in a year. They're like, hey, did, whatever happened with your liver? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was, not, I don't know, I think I just sat on a thumbtack or something, whatever the hell it is. And that's my, the story of my life. I'm trying to yeah. get better. But I have it going on right now where I was messaging Dr. Steve where I'm like, and I've gotten better with it, where I'm like, okay, this is a crazy looking bowel movement. There's literal oil. Like it looks like I spilled oil. Like I said, olive oil. Right. And I'm like, that's not normal. Let me just Google it. And then I find a thing. My therapist is like, stop Googling. But I find it and it's like, okay, this isn't severe. And I can check in with myself. Again, mindfulness of like, I'm not dying. I feel like I hiked up a mountain earlier. Right. I, I'm breathing. I flew. And I'm bragging. I made left. I made love <laughs> yesterday. I'm getting boners. Like, yeah. I did that Wim Hof breathing. I'm like, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm better at being like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I think when you're dying, it feels differently than just like, oh boy, this is you weird. Know what? I just did it again recently this year. I, uh, I had a pain in my stomach and the, up like my rib and yep. I could feel it and I was like I mean I could push on it I'm like man that hurts I don't know what that is I drink a ton of soda water like LaCroix kind of stuff and um, I was convinced it was a gallbladder thing because my my dad had a gallbladder removed and uh, I went to the doctor and I and I think after doing so much research on it I almost kind of feed him the symptoms that I think I have. So he's like, that sounds like a gallbladder. Like, right. That's what I was thinking. Right. Right. I just read up on it and told you everything. Right. Cause it kind of like whatever I read kind of seeped into my brain, you know? And so he's like, you got to get that checked out. We're going to have to do an ultrasound on that. And he's like, uh, you know, I can schedule one for tomorrow or whatever. And then I'm like, okay. And I go and talk to the lady, the schedule. And she's like, Oh, we can't do it for two weeks. I cannot wait two weeks. Yeah. The doctor just told me I could have a gallbladder. I'm like, we got to do this. And she squeezed me in that day and then they did it and then there was nothing wrong with me. And then I, the doctor calls me, he's like, you're fine. Uh, because it's not your gallbladder. I'm like, yeah, but it's still here. So what the hell? Did it go away the next day? No, but I went to a, um, gastro guy and this Asian guy. He's like, he's, he's cause I think you just have a air trapped in there. He's like, tap one side of my stomach. He's like, you hear that? How it's like solid and here, here it's like hollow. I think he just got air in there. 
just take gas X. And then, you know, and I was like, okay, stop drinking all that bubble water. I'm like, okay. And, and then within like, like three or four days it went away. And I was like, I just spent like $700 just because I drank too much soda water. I've done the same thing. I do the same thing all the time. Jason Canner has a good theory. He's like, leave everything for 10 days. Right. And see if it goes away and then you can start worrying about it. But the problem is it's like a mental illness. I can't yeah. do that. I just don't have it. I can't compartmentalize. Right. Uh, like I said, I'm getting what do you better. Mean leave everything. Like, like whatever, if you have a, a hurt, a pain or a tick or a click or whatever, he's like, just give it 10 days and see if it's still there. Oh. Because I just immediately, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, something's wrong. I start Googling and asking everybody, yeah. which is not helpful. This is what I talk about in therapy a lot is it's not actually helpful. Because no matter what they say, it's not really right. good enough. You still go, I mean, I've done it earlier today. I found an article immediately that's like one of the causes of oily shit. You could be eating way too many nuts, right. especially whole nuts with the skin. Now, I've been eating hundreds of nuts. Like I've been, I fly, yeah. I've been buying almonds. I'm trying to go low carb for my reflux. Right. And so right away, immediately, I should be like, oh, it's the nut. I'm eating a ton of nuts, and that's one of the causes. But I keep reading and keep Googling for yeah. hours. Yes. A doctor's like, yeah, yeah, that can be. That's one of the problems with eating too many nuts. He's like, cut back. It's only a problem that happens every day for like five days. Right. He's like, let me know. If, yeah, don't worry about it. And I'm still so, in the back of my head like, ah, What do you think fuck. is going to be your next bowel movement? Because I want to be here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can also create bowel movement. This is another, this is, I've used this example a lot. And I maybe I've talked about it on this podcast. I can't remember. But this is one of the most mind-blowing things. And I have to tap into it and remember it. It was one time Sarah, it was right after, it was the night, it started the night that uh, Trump got elected. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. But Sarah got like E. coli, like she had, or um, what's one of those? I think it's Stomach E. coli. Poison. But she was shitting like blood and fucking crazy for like a week. She had to go to the hospital. I was going to Sunnyvale. We were she really did have E. coli? Yeah. Holy shit. We were both supposed to go to Sunnyvale. Uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers, which is like... Why didn't you call me to open for you? I live five hours away from there. I should have <laughs> at the time. But uh, I was thinking I was dying. So let me just make sure this is all still working. Uh, that's anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was like shitting blood. And I was, I was, I thought like, oh, it must be food. I'm going to get this bug. And I'm like, I'm going to have it. I haven't gotten it yet. She had to bail it's on the weekend. probably in me. But I had to fly to San Francisco. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to get it on the plane. So the whole flight, I was freaking out, and I went to the bathroom to shit like four times. Yeah. And at one point, this sounds so crazy, and sorry that this is gross. <laughs> I went and shit, and like white, foamy spit came really? out of my asshole. Like I yeah. thought I shit. I, I thought I took a dump, and it just looked, and it was like someone just took like this salivous, like cotton mouth. Like you just uh, ran with no water. Uh, I have no idea what caused it, what that is. And I was like, there it is. That's just something. just lost some listeners. I know. But I'm like, that's it. I got some kind of parasite, the whole thing. And I went on stage that night. I talked to Heather, who's the owner, who's like the sweetest. And yeah. I told her the situation. I was like, so I'm going to get sick. And then on stage, like 38 minutes into my act, I had like the hot sweats, yeah. feverish. I was like, I got to, sh- it's happening. It's happening right now. And I signaled, I was like, I got to get on. I hope that's okay. I ended the show early. Came off. She gave me a banana. Like, she was so sweet. She gave me all these groceries she had. She's like, good luck. Call me. We have a... She talked to a comic in San Francisco. Like, it was going to drive down. Wow. And I just laid in bed, and I was like, oh, God, here it comes. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. It yeah. felt fine the next day. And I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. Did the whole weekend. Never got sick. Didn't have anything. She ate something. It wasn't like an airborne thing. Right. 
but I had some crazy fluids coming on my butt and I was dizzy on stage. Like I was like, yeah. I'm going to throw up right now. Yeah. I got to end the show. Yeah. All mental. Now, Completely just convinced. A, uh, like a, I know you have a therapist, but like someone who, you know, you're scratching yourself. You're getting anxious talking about it. Oh yeah, I'm always anxious. Uh, have you seen like who would you see to help with anxiety? Is it a therapist or or like a well a my, psychologist? My therapist has helped a lot. I think a, a psychologist would help too, like a, an actual doctor who can like whatever. But right. my therapist kind of buys into it. it's all learned behavior. And if I just asserted myself more and kind of took care of stuff with my family, that yeah. it could be better. And it has gotten better to some degree he's good at just being like that's anxiety and i yeah. have to be like i have to be in tune yeah, with that thing of like maybe it's anxiety what if this time exactly what if it's not well that's what i say eventually but the thing that he helps me with too i'm like eventually it will be something and he's right. like yeah and then you'll just deal with it right that's the thing is it's the it's anxiety. easy for you to say but even if you have something you just deal with it right and think about all the things we've been through in our lives the actual sicknesses the shits the fever right. death in our family whatever it is well, think you about what other it. people go through like who are really actually sick that's right. that's but they um, get you get through it whatever it is they fight it they get you, through you it. deal with it you get through it. like and i've had this with the dentist i'm so afraid of the dentist yeah and i have you know i get i get petrified i've had panic attacks in the dental chair multiple times and then once the thing's actually happening I'm actually fine. I've had my dentist and my oral surgeon when I had my wisdom teeth. He was taking my stitches out after. And I was like, just going to let you know I'm, I'm anxious and I'm really scared. And he's like, okay, well, if you start to faint. And I was like, well, I'm not going to faint. Yeah, well, and I'm then some kind of pussy, man. <laughs> he's, uh, he's pulling the stitches out and he's like, I got to say, he's like, you are as good as it gets. You can't handle this any better than you just handled that. Right. And... Same with like dental stuff. I'm just, I get in the moment. It's all anticipatory. Right. While it's actually happening, I'm quite fine. I feel that with blood work too. Doctors are always like, because people have blood work. They fucking faint. They freak out. They right. run out of the chair. They rip the thing out. Do you ever get blood work and then go, uh, God, as I'm talking to you about this, I'm like, I'm a fucking lunatic, and you are a lunatic. Well, that's what the show is about. Yeah, this know. is what it's for. I didn't really realize. No, you're a lunatic. That's why I want. That's why I flew to LA to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I've had blood work where my insurance company now, when I get blood work done, they post the results. I get an email, and I can just go log in and see my results, and. Everything's normal. Like there's a range, these two arrows, like this is the normal range. And then I'll have to go in and I'll start, well, what does this one mean? You know, is that close enough to the range? And I'll start digging through all the numbers and like, is that a safe range for whatever cholesterol, this, that, the other. And it's insane. I, that's why I feel like I'm lucky because my wife is uh, Linda. I don't know. It's, I'm still getting used to saying my wife. It's, it's fun to say my wife. My, it's I, fun having a wife, don't you think? I think so. I think it's healthy she's too. So I'm. I mean, she. I know she sees. She sees it and she tolerates it and she can see through it when I'm having like an anxiety thing and she just kind of goes, "Well, maybe you should, you know, do this." Or she. She has learned enough about me now to know that. Like this last time I went to the doctor, I was sure I had gallbladder. She hasn't said anything to me. She might listen to this, but um. I'm sure she was probably like, oh, well, you know what? He's not going to feel better until he goes to the doctor and checks it out. Otherwise, there's no way I'm going to talk him off the ledge. Right. 
he'll go through a million different scenarios. So I'm just going to say, yeah, well, then go to the doctor. Yeah, that's but nice. before, she, when I first was getting to know her, she would probably be like, you don't need to go to the doctor. It sounds like, you know. Right. Now she's like, just go. Well, I think, too, when you've actually had things, you do feel the difference. Because I've had phantom tooth pain where it's not in one spot. It's random. And it's like, I feel it's either this tooth or it's this tooth or it's this tooth. Yeah. And I've had this again recently. And I go to the doctor, I'm like, it's something in there. It's something I, I can't know if it's this tooth or that tooth, and it happens randomly. I'll just get like electric. And he's like, ah, there's nothing wrong. It doesn't even sound like a thing. Then yeah. I've had teeth where like, oh, I bite down. It goes, whoa, it's like a pain. Like there's a nail shooting through my thing. And I go to the doctor, I'm like, this is something. Like you can you can, can feel the difference. Right. And he's like, yeah, you need a root canal. You have a fucking problem. Right. And same with like when I had appendicitis, where I'm like, oh, God. God, like it's yeah. not like a subtle thing where I'm like, I think I feel a thing. Yeah. I can't describe it. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, it's like a, when something's going wrong, you're like, you really oh, know. I'm fucked. Something's happening yeah. right now. And you do know the difference, but it's you know, so I, hard to trust my, yourself. It feels like I like cut my f- foot off. And he's like, uh, yeah, you cut your foot off. <laughs> <laughs> Blood is squirting yes, all over. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure if it was an anxiety or... But it's it's tricky to navigate because you're that that part of you is like a living thing. It wants to be there. You it's, you can't just get rid of it. It's in you. Yeah, I feel so. like I'm way better now than I was. Yeah, that's good. I think good. as you mature or whatever, and you kind of you, but it sneaks up on me. Yeah, yeah, it, it got it, me this year. I was just talking to you about. it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I did go to the doctor for what I was sure was like, well. They're just going to have to take out my gallbladder, and that's fine. Just let's just get it out. And so I get, because I got shows next week or whatever, you know? <laughs> well, here's what I worry about. I'm like, what am I going to be like? This is me throughout my 20s and 30s. Yeah. What am I going to be like in my 60s when shit's actually breaking down and falling apart? Right. I'm hoping by then I'll be Zen from this Wim Hof breathing that I've done once, and I'm convinced it's the you know cure. What? We're probably not going to be around because of climate change. Oh, so. don't start talking about that. Because <laughs> that one, I don't know how to handle either. But I don't even want to get into that because I, I really go down into like oh, actual depression. Oh, I know. But we're going to be all right. Huh? We're going to be fine. Yeah. I'll I'm find 30. some positive articles for I'm you. 37. Yeah, that's what I always do. This is, which is, again, psychotic. This is my anxiety is that I'll talk to people I'm like Ryan Hamilton and you. People have talked to cl- about climate change, Michelle Wolf. I'll be like, if you see an article, just send it my way. Like, I need good news. And I'll just Google good news, climate change, good news, science or shit. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I need to be. But again. You think there's going to be a post-apocalyptic, like, we're fighting for water. You need a gun. People are going to yeah, be stabbing each other. Yeah, I'm afraid of. Yeah. I'm afraid of apocalyptic shit. But again, it's anxiety. Which incidentally, I am. But I, those are my favorite movies. Oh, I hate those movies. <laughs> but actual growth. This is what my therapist tries to help me. And he's right. Would be. Not asking those people, but handling it myself of like, okay, there's a problem. We have an environmental issue, but right now in this moment, I'm fine. And whatever happens, I will deal with it then. Yeah. And everyone else will be dealing with it as well. And I don't need Andy Hendrickson to fucking email me an article or Ryan Hamilton or whoever else. Right. That's not, I need to work on calming myself down, understanding that. Bad things happen and will happen, and I'll just deal with yeah, that when it comes. Yeah, deal with it. Here's what I was thinking about driving over here in my new car that I purchased with money that I made by being a comedian. Yeah, you should feel good about that. You should feel connected to that. Yeah. That's the thing. We're disconnected from reality a lot. Yeah. And my mantra, fear is just fear, and your thoughts are not reality. 
Yeah, they are. I'm sitting right across from you. That's real. <laughs> that's not a thought. That's that's something that's happening. Okay, no. what were you thinking about on the way uh, there? I was thinking about, this is something I've struggled with, especially, I guess, maybe now because I don't drink anymore. I mean, I'll have an occasional one, but uh, wherever I go, I feel like after I'm done doing whatever, like a spot or eating or whatever, I'm like, I got to leave. I have this, I think it's a social anxiety where like if I'm like, wherever I am, I feel like I got to go. I I have the same exact thing. Yeah. And I've gotten, I've trained myself now. I'm like, just hang out. What's at home? What are you going to do? Look at your phone, look at TV. There's people here that you like. Right. Fucking hang out. Hang out for another, at least give yourself a a half hour, 45 minutes and hang out and talk. Right. And that's usually how fun, cool things happen. Yeah. It's it's so funny you mentioned that. I've I've had this, I've talked about this on my other podcast, Tuesdays with Stories. This happened a couple of times. I did a show recently in uh, somewhere in Illinois, whatever town. uh, What's the one from A League of Their Own? Rockford. I was yeah. in Rockford, Illinois, and I had a private gig, and I brought Mike Cronin. Do you know Mike Cronin? Me? I love Mike Cronin. Yeah, he's an amazing comic. Yeah. And a great guy, great hang. Yeah. And I had him come down from Chicago to open, and so we get to the show like a half hour early. We're bullshit. We're laughing our asses off in the green room. He does a great job in the show. I did a good job. He set it up perfectly. We're talking afterwards for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, all right, dude, thanks for coming down. Great. You got to get back. I'll see you. I say goodbye and I'm like driving back to the hotel. Within one minute, I'm like, what it's am I doing? 9 p.m. Like we yeah. did the show is 45 minutes. And like he lives, he's got to drive back to Chicago, which is like a, it's a, it's a haul, but it's not crazy. Like a couple hours. And uh, yeah. And I'm like, it's nine o'clock. Diner. I'm like, what am I doing? Cause oh, he was going, he's like, do you want to get food? I'm like, I ate, I can't eat late cause of my reflex. And, and yeah. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? Yes. I immediately left and I'm like, that was so stupid. Yeah. And I did it again shortly after that. Where I leave, and then I have to start convincing myself, no, this is better. I'll go home and look at Instagram for four hours straight. Dude. It's so weird. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I have the same thing. But it's that, again, I think it's like evolutionary. Like, I got to get out of here. I got to get back to my safe space. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, I have have jokes about this stuff, too. Of course, I know you do, too. But I do one where I'm where I uh, talk about, I re- replay conversations in my head, like crazy shit for, from like a month ago. Yeah. It's like, and then my jokes are like, I was kind of rude to that guy at the gas station. I, you know, I hope he doesn't think I'm a bad person. I wonder if other people think I'm a bad person. And it just goes on this whole tangent. But that's, uh, that's another thing where I replay the conversation. How, like, how they interpret that? Or, but during the, when I was making that, when I was shooting the movie, I would, send an email out and then I lay there in bed at night going, Oh God, you know what? How did I write that? Did I, I how's he going to, and I know that I went over every single line of that email to make sure it was perfect because it was right. an important email. And then I'll just sit there and fucking worry about the email for hours. I do the same thing. And I do that with podcasts because so many of, uh, there's hours and hours of me talking recorded. Right. And I what feel like I, I spend half of podcasts thinking about, the interpretation of everything I said earlier. And then I have people that I know listen to my podcast, and then I go through each one of them individually responding to something I said. Right. And then I get anxiety of everyone being like this, that's not right, you idiot. And it's like, another thing I have to like let go of. Right. Of like what everyone thinks. 
Yeah. Then don't listen. Or I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. I said something yeah. that was stupid. I don't yeah. know. It's like, uh, so what? Yeah. So what if I said something that pissed people, annoyed that guy? Or so what if fucking they don't believe me? Or so what? Well, here's an example. Here's a perfect example. And it happens a lot when I'm tired, I notice too. When yeah. I'm tired and I'm drinking a lot of caffeine. I'm, but um, remember I posted, it happened with you. I posted this video of me uh, on Instagram when I was at Costco and I found this stud finder and I would hold it closer to me. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a guy closer to me. I'm like, haha, stud finder. It, yeah. it beeps when it gets close to me. And you liked that post. You were one of the first people to like that post. And in my tired anxiety brain, I was like, did Joe, did Joe post something? That seems like something Joe would do. <laughs> that seems like, like maybe Joe had like, I mean, I know it's just a silly video, but maybe Joe did a, a silly off the cuff thing. And that wasn't even my idea. I got, I saw that earlier and it seeped into my brain. And so I texted Joe. I'm like, Hey Joe, did you ever post? And I knew you, you would understand yeah. that that's my anxiety or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. But I hadn't. I know. And I actually did enjoy it. So you thought I was being like passive aggressive. Like, boy, I really like this post that I, think I posted. something in my brain like that. But I'm like, Joe's not like that. And then I'm like, I can just I can just double check and make sure that just to make myself feel better. Yeah. Even though I knew the answer that you wouldn't be passive aggressive. And that if you did do something like that, and it was something that seeped into my brain, it wouldn't even matter. It was a silly, it wasn't like a bit. It was yeah. just me standing and fucking around at Costco. Right. No, I have that all the time, yeah. constantly. I mean, that's like so much of my life is being like, what did I say? Why, but why are you looking at me like you? I feel like you're looking at me like you actually, you actually, you are pissed at me, man. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, God, you scared me. I felt like fucking uh, Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. Why are you fucking well, looking at me like the way, that? You, the, the way you tell the story, it's funny. Are you looking at the time? How much time? Yeah, well, I'd like to make sure we're, we're okay. But yeah. the crowd, it's like, it's like uh, you can't talk about it in the pockets because it's like being on stage, checking your watch. The crowd's like, what's up with this guy? He hates yeah. us. So I'm afraid to... Do you ever Look talk over there? Do you ever uh when the when you get the light, do you ever tell the crowd like, "Oh, I got the light?" Um, like I have before, but I don't yeah. normally I try I don't not normally. to. Um but sometimes I'll bring it up and then I'm like I'll be like, "That's that's unprofessional. What do the other comics think? Does they think that's stupid to talk about the light on stage? Well, that's the crazy thing about comedy that I think people don't realize when they're just watching comedy or enjoying comedy is that like the best analogy is like it's like a, a comedian is like a duck in, in water where like it just looks like they're just floating. But then underneath their legs are just like, ah! like if you look at a duck, a duck, they're just like, it's, they're sprinting under there. Right. If you can, when the, the sun's hitting it, we can see underneath the water, you can yeah. just see their legs kicking. Yeah. But if you can't, it just looks like he's just kind of coasting across. And like, that's what it's like watching a performer. Yeah. Is that like, I'm nine jokes ahead. Right. And then sometimes you get too far ahead. And this is where like, again, mindfulness comes in. You have to like come back to the joke, tell the joke. Yeah. Because you start doing like, what bit am I going to do four minutes from now? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're telling that bit seeps into this bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I was walking around with my grandmother the other day and I came on her back. Oh, wait, yeah, shit. No, I, I together. came on my wife's back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's like a crazy. And I wonder about it, about other performances. When you see like, when you go to a play, is the lead actor thinking about his ex-girlfriend at home or right. whatever the hell is peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whatever it is. So I would say 
um, I have been able to train myself. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of, I guess it applies to real life, but to be in the moment. I remember there's that book, The Power of Now. Yes, Eckhart Tolle. I love that book. Yeah, I never finished the whole thing. I mean, I got the gist of it. I strangely didn't finish it either because I was like, I got to be in, I got it. I got it. I got to live in the now. Right, live in the now. The second half was probably how to keep doing it because yeah. I did it for about 10 minutes. I think it's something you got to practice. Yeah, of but, course, of course. That's what, uh, yeah. But there have been times, and this happened last night. I had this corporate gig. I was, I was worried about, it was going to be in a warehouse. I was, you know, I just thought it was going to be awful. And the owner of the company was super cool. And the, the, everyone I met there was nice and they'd set it up perfect. And then there's something that happens that's opposite the anxiety where I click in and I'm like, uh, be in the moment. And my brain goes, you're in a room telling jokes that you thought of to these people Look around. Everyone's laughing their ass off. They're having a great time. Yeah. And you're sharing this moment with them. And I it sounds, I don't know if it sounds what's the word I'm trying like cheesy or something, but it's like this is a cool moment. Enjoy this. And then I get this kind of overwhelming feeling of a, a joy. Like yeah. this is a really awesome moment. All these people are laughing. You're yeah. you're orchestrating this and you're uh, and then all of a sudden I start feeling like, and then it, my show gets better and better because I'm having so much fun in the moment with those people. Yeah, that's special. And I've been yeah. having it more and more because of all this stuff, because of meditation and the Wim Hof I did this morning. Oh, the uh, Wim Hof, dude. <laughs> and, uh, but no, you get connected to it, and that's like being connected and mindful where you're like, oh, this is a great, joyful moment. I have moments where like I can in meditation or just taking a moment and just kind of like, like which Eckhart Tolle talks about, is just kind of repeat present moment and focus on your breath and be like, oh, I'm fully living right, right now in this moment because this is the only real moment that actually exists. And I can actually, it's fleeting. It only takes, a, it's only a moment, but I actually can feel like high yeah. for a second when I'm like, oh, I'm in the present moment right now. Yeah. And that's what meditation practice is. That's why they right. say practicing is that you have to do it more and more and then you can kind of get in tune to it or at least close to the present moment. Maybe you're a couple seconds ahead or behind. Right. But I, it gets trippy when you really get in there and you're like, oh, this is the present moment. But as you're saying it, like that moment's passed and we're in a new moment already. Yeah. It's fucking deep, I was bro. thinking actually about a joke about the, the moment uh, where to do on stage. After you contact me, I, I, I was half asleep. Sometimes I, get, I feel like I get really good ideas when I'm half asleep. Yeah. That's because your conscious is chewing on it. Yeah, and it's because your mind is finally so We're not. There's nothing uh, stimulating. There's no TV. There's no phone. There's no conversation. So the, I'm try, I'm literally trying this joke out on you and on the podcast. It's never said it to anyone, but it's like so you know because I'm talking. I have some jokes about being anxious and like someone's like, "Well, you got to be in the moment." Like I I am in the moment, and in this moment, I I'm worrying about all the other moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I had a similar idea to that. It never worked for oh, me see? No? Okay, but no. um, but i think you should try it yeah and figure it yeah you there's can, something you can to out. that i'm yes. worried about the moments in the uh there's a lot of moments that are going to come that i'm worrying some of the moments in the past you know yeah i'm there's in a the lot moment. of moments to worry about this in this moment yeah i'm in this moment and it sucks this moment blows yeah yeah i think uh, yeah i am in the moment yeah i think i am 
might have had a bit like that, but I don't think it's on anything. Or I tweeted it. Or oh, maybe. really? Yeah. Oh, boy. But I don't think it's anything. You should take well, it. Well, if I both don't of us anxiety, it. we both have, you know, bits about it. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of people have uh, bits about it. Well, it's that's common. another thing as a comic. Do you ever write a bit and you're like, this, like, I know this popped in my head and it's like, but did I hear this somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think that happens to every comic. Yeah, I mean, it's, David Tell's famous for calling people up and like, "Hey, do you have a bit about this?" Yeah, well, Dave's is the best because he'll call up. This is David Tell. Now we're talking comedy, but David yeah. Tell will call you and be like, "Do you have a bit about how a pirate farts on uh, <laughs> Easter Sunday and uh, yeah. the Easter Bunny's eating pussy?" And you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, no, no yeah. one's ever had a bit like this. It's yeah. like the most outrageous bit ever. And you're like, "For sure, I did not have that bit." Um. So in the moment. Joe, yeah. So let's be in the moment. It. We got we got to wrap up this I'm goddamn moment. moment right but what yeah. are you, what are you calling this podcast? It's called Mindful Metal Jacket. Uh, um, kind of like a Full Metal Jacket. Are you gonna take a uh, a clip from that and put that in the intro? Maybe I will. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I will do that because I I if I showed Full you the artwork, I'm very metal jacket. I don't know how it goes, but I remember. It's just that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> the first half of the movie is spectacular. The second yeah. half I also enjoy. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm glad you came over here, buddy. Thanks, Thanks. for coming yeah. over. You drove a yeah, long yeah. way. I was hoping, I just assumed the party was that you were at was somewhere closer to here. No, it was close to home, but this is only 20 minutes. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming over. Did you yeah, enjoy it? Yeah, I hope it? people enjoy this. I hope they, you know, I don't know. Who do you think is going to listen to this? Oh, that's hurtful. That is I mean, anxiety. What kind of people? You, you, people with anxiety that are happy to hear other people talk about yeah, this stuff. Yeah. To me... There is nothing more helpful. And this is why... Actually, this was helpful for me because it makes me feel like, holy shit, yeah, I'm not that... I'm not crazy. It's just Joe has a lot of the same experiences I had. Exactly. It's a thing. Nothing to me is more helpful than hearing anybody else have the same thing. That's why I end up texting everyone. Have you ever had oily stool? Have you ever had an eye pain? Have you ever had a fart that smells like ice cream? Right. It's just like you just (laughs) want to know someone else is having the same thing, and that's what this is about. I mean, that's the whole basis of AA and NA and uh, whatever other A. It's being with a group of people that you're like, oh, okay, I'm all right. I'm normal. Like, this happens to... All these other people. I've done that. And then like identification and like, yeah, I've, I've done the same thing that happens. And so I hope people are listening to it uh, for that reason. Yeah, and sorry about poop all edge. the poop, poop talk. Yeah. yeah. So that's hurtful that you're apologizing for something that I did. That's very yeah, but then um, I aggressive. I talking about frankly. mine. That's aggressive. <laughs> you, you hurt my feelings. Um, not really. I don't know. I don't know what Did I? <laughs> I I'm going to be driving away going, did I really hurt Joe's feelings? No, you didn't. Um... But yeah, I think this was fun. I think this was think helpful. So. Would you say this is your most successful, like your best interview? I wouldn't say. I don't want to compare bets. This is we're not in the moment if we're comparing oh, and okay. contrasting. Compare and despair, as we say. Oh, oh man! Did you ever hear that? Uh, no, I wish I would have learned that about twenty years ago. Here's two things for you to take home, folks. Your ego is not your amigo, and compare and despair. That sounds good. Yeah, good way to end it. Andy, you want you want to plug some things? What do you want to? No, you got an album, right? Yeah. People yeah. should I think people are gonna want to hear you do comedy now after hearing Oh this. yeah. I think All right. You know, I got one album. I gotta uh I I gotta put it on iTunes though. I I never I just sold it, I never put it on iTunes. There must be but one on iTunes. There is one there's a couple on iTunes. There's a good sake. one called Underachiever. 
Andy Hendrickson. Listen to that one. Underachiever. Yeah. And then you're on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram. And Andy. I always post my comedy clips on Instagram. I'm getting better about that. Yeah. And is the Letterman set on YouTube? My Letterman's on YouTube. It's on my website at Andy Hendrickson. Or, I mean, you know, www.andyhendrickson.com. Yeah. Andy Hendrickson. Great comic. Great friend. And uh, hey. appreciate it. All right. Yeah. And I feel like we have a lot of uh, lot in common. I know. It's nice. It feels good. I feel not alone in the world. That's all you want in life is to feel not alone in the right. world. And you're an invited guest to on not Earth. To have less oil in your stool. Yeah. I'm going to work on that. No more nuts. All right. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Love you. Thank you. Mindful Metal Jacket is hosted by comedian Joe List. Produced by Joe List. Edited by Matt Kleinschmidt. Executive producers Robert Kelly and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcasts.